only way through the void is not around it, but through it. We all know about the void. And we all seek a thousand roads around it. The second invitation of Eros, the fullness of presence, suggests that the only way I can walk through the void is to walk through it and not around it. To be present in the emptiness. To stay in the emptiness. And only by staying in the emptiness am I able to begin to walk through it. If I don't stay in the emptiness, if I refuse the invitation of the void, so what I almost am compelled to do, I have virtually no choice as a human being, is I have to fill up the emptiness, not with eros, but with pseudo-eros. Okay? Pseudo-eros. Pseudo-eros is the beginning of spiritual collapse. It's the beginning of ethical collapse. All ethical failures, all ethical collapses come from failures of the erotic. It's erotic failure which ultimately causes ethical collapse, always. Which is why when our systems of education teach rule-based ethics, rule-based ethics have a place, right? In the levels of consciousness, there's a level of consciousness in which rule-based ethics are important, but rule-based ethics always collapse. That is to say, at that moment when you're in the void, and at that moment, when emptiness is overwhelming you, the rule virtually always gives away if the void is strong enough. So the only way to walk through the void is to touch the eros that comes from the fullness of presence. The word shechina, in Hebrew, the best translation would be indwelling presence. Shechina means lishkon, shachin. Right? It's the presence of the presence. Okay? And you get it by the spiritual path the exercise is precisely that, to be present. Right? To actually be fully present. It's not about stepping to the inside. That's a place where you kind of merge into the inside. That's a place where you kind of merge and you become part of the flow of the river that flows to Eden. That's when you merge with the mountain. That's something else. Right? Fullness of presence means just to be present. Just to be there. To watch, to listen, to notice. That's one of the reasons right, that we have a spiritual practice called fasting. Okay? Fasting the, the core idea of the spiritual practice of fasting that exists in every tradition is about being present. Let me give you just two simple examples. Kind of food fasting and sexual fasting. First, food fasting. Right, there's a holiday called Yom Kippur, right, the Day of Atonement. There's a month called Ramadan, right, where it's a month of fasting. Okay? One of the reasons that I chose to be born Jewish in this incarnation. <laughs> Yom Kippur is one day. It's very easy. Okay? Right? But what happens when you fast, it is very, very beautiful. I'll tell, I'll tell you. I happen to have occasional cravings for chocolate-covered raisins. Okay? I like chocolate-covered raisins. Okay? Right? Now, if I watch carefully on a fast day, I always see the following. That my invitation, the invitation issued to me by the cosmos to chocolate-covered raisins is always related to some meeting with emptiness. Now, on a regular day, right, I'm not meditatively in tune enough often to notice it. Because what happens is, you kind of get an, a hit of emptiness. A hit of emptiness could be an image from childhood. A hit of emptiness could be something that makes me feel like somehow I'm not enough in the world. A hit of emptiness could be some sense of kind of inadequacy, lack of dignity, lack of core worth lack of being in the presence. But there's a kind of split-second hit of emptiness. And then, without noticing it, 
you kind of get this craving for chocolate-covered raisins, okay? So you pop a raisin, pseudo-eros, okay? And you miss the invitation, right, of that hit of emptiness.